Great, thank you, Jason. Let's uh, pray, shall we, as our gifts are brought forward. Uh, we've just been singing there, haven't we, that uh, our cup overflows. Uh, we, uh, we know that, Lord, you bless us in so many different ways, not least financially here in our Western world. And we pray that you'd use these gifts and those that have gone directly through bank accounts uh, and you would use them for your glory and your praise. Amen. Great. Do please uh, take a seat. Uh, if you have that passage uh, that we read earlier open in front of you, that would be a great uh, help to me. We're going to look at it over the next few uh, minutes, and uh, may I pray for us uh, as we do so. Uh, the psalmist says, uh, Blessed is the man, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Uh, Lord, we want to be those who know the joy of uh, living according to your word. We want to be those who meditate on it, uh, who chew it over day and night. Uh, And we pray that as we look at it uh, this evening, that you would uh, change our hearts, uh, help us to fashion our lives upon your word, upon the solid rock of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that we might be truly prosperous uh, for your glory's sake. Amen. Well, we only get one life. We might wish we had more, but we only get one life. Uh, I wonder if you might agree with the words of the novelist D.H. Lawrence, who wrote Lady Chatterley's Lover, amongst other uh, books. He said these words, If only we could have two lives. The first one to make mistakes, the second one to learn from them. (laughs) I think I've thought that several times in my life. But we only get one life. Someone else pointed out, uh, there's no dress rehearsal for our lives. You're on stage right from uh, the word go. You don't get to repeat it. If that's true, if we only do get one life, then surely it matters how we live it. Uh, But we live in a world, don't we, where there are kind of a, a whole sea, a whole plethora of opinions and options as to how we should live. And that raises the question, doesn't it? Uh, How can we know the best way in which we are to live this one life that we have been given? Who should we be listening to? And where ultimately are we going? What is the point of it? What is that the destination that each of us should be uh, heading for? Well, I think the passage that we're looking at uh, this evening, the passage we've got in front of us, uh, it starts to answer some of those very important questions. But alongside that, it also provides an introduction to the book of Psalms, the the Psalter. And we're going to be dipping into uh, the Psalms over the the, the summer months uh, here at Holy Trinity, both in the morning and in the evening uh, service. Uh, The Psalms are kind of the the songbook or the hymn book of the Bible and of the people of God. Uh, They have been the words of the worship of the people of God for thousands of of years. And yet they're not simply a collection of good songs, although they are that, and we were just singing there, weren't we? A song, a contemporary worship song that is lifted directly uh, from the Psalms, the 23rd Psalm. They're more than that. Uh, Martin Luther, the great reformer, described them as no less than a mini Bible. That's a big statement to make, isn't it, about a book of the Bible? The Psalms are, he said, a mini Bible. There are many Bible because they immerse us in the gospel. 
the good news of salvation that is the heart of the Bible. They apply that good news to every single possible facet and situation that we could face in our lives. That's why, for many people, the Psalms are probably one of their favourite books of the Bible, I'm sure. And many of you, if we did a quick survey of favourite passages in the Bible, almost certainly you would reference the Psalms. And rightly so, I would. Because they speak to us. Uh, Because they show us how the good news uh, affects our lives in every possible way. Uh, Pastor Tim Keller, uh, I think, puts it really well. He calls the Psalms the medicine chest of the heart and the best possible guide for practical living. It was no accident that when uh, the, uh, our Anglican reformers were compiling their pr- the prayer book, uh, they said that they, 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 they specified that uh, we should say psalms morning and evening, and we should read through the whole Psalter in a month. Very good reason for that. It's quite a hard thing to do. But they knew that it would have value for us, and so it does. Uh, the psalms are really worth our spending time in them. Well, with all those things in mind, let's uh, turn, shall we, to Psalm uh, 1 and see how it starts to answer some of those questions uh, that we have posed. And let's look at the first of those questions. Uh, Who is my guide? Who is my guide? Uh, Life is full of decisions, isn't it? Sometimes they're big or small decisions. Uh, Whatever they are, every day we are faced with choices that uh, we have to make. And it seems to me that whether we make good or bad choices depends to a large extent on the guidance that we have received. Uh, So to give you a a pretty trivial example, recently um, uh, my wife and I had to buy a new car. We've got another baby on the way and our much-loved Volkswagen Golf was just getting a bit small, to be honest. Uh, I don't know a great deal about cars, I know a little bit, uh, but I had no idea really what I should be looking for. And even if I knew what I was looking for, I had no idea what was a sensible price, for it or anything like that. Uh, and so I had to go and do some research to find out what was out there, what's a good option to go for, what would sort of fit our needs, what was a good price to be looking for. Uh, and the decision that we made in the end w- was, was based largely on the advice that we received. It was advice from some friends of ours who'd been in a similar situation. It was advice from kind of motoring experts in the, in the, in the kind of press and so on and so forth. Uh, Time will tell whether we made a good decision or not. It's a bit hard to say after only a a month, but so far we're happy. Uh, That's one decision that we might find ourselves making. And ultimately it's a pretty trivial decision. It doesn't really matter particularly which car we went for. But what about those really, really important decisions? Those critical decisions, the decisions that really do matter. They will shape the rest of our lives. Well, I think Psalm 1 starts by showing us that fundamentally... In the world, there are two competing sources of guidance for our lives to help us make those decisions. On one side, the psalmist says, there is what he calls the counsel of the wicked, uh, verse 1. That is, it's the advice of those people who do not love God. They don't care for him. They're not living their lives with any reference to him whatsoever. Uh, They are uh, walking away from him. They don't care for what he has to say. Uh, It might be that what they have to say sounds good and plausible. Uh, It sounds useful. It might be popular. It might be what everyone else is thinking. And yet still, the psalmist says, it is the counsel of the wicked. That is, it flows from hearts that are not right 
with God. And it's advice that will only lead us astray. Uh, He says, doesn't he, he goes on, he says, uh, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. Uh, now, most experts uh, think that in that, those, those kind of three statements, there is a kind of downward progression, as it were, a kind of rake's progress, as it were. And I guess for many of us, I, I think that, that stands true. Most of us will know that in our own experience, won't we? We sometimes have that saying, don't we? You know, sow a thought, reap an action. So Rob Reaper had that, I can't remember how it goes now. But it's that kind of idea, isn't it? That we start one thing, we don't intend for it to become uh, the way in which our lives go but so often it becomes. And that's what the psalmist says happens here. He says we can walk in the counsel of the wicked. We can listen to the advice of those who don't love the Lord and don't, have, know, don't love what he has to say. And that in turn leads us to stand in the way of sinners, to become settled in it, and then finally to sit in the seat of mockers, to become really set against God and to fall away from him and to set ourselves against him. What about the other advice, form of advice that the psalmist presents for us here? Well, he says on the other side, there is something else. And we see it in verse 2. The law of the Lord. Uh, God's own instructions. Uh, His word. Uh, Law doesn't sound like something to get really excited about, does it, very much? Uh, When the psalmist was writing... Uh, essentially, it meant the first five books of the Bible, the, what the, the Jews, Jews would call the Torah. Uh, we are very fortunate we have the New Testament with us, and the Bible affirms to us that the New Testament is just as much uh, part of God's word as the Torah was. So we can take this, uh, uh, this passage and we can apply it across the whole of the scriptures. We have the law of the Lord, God's own instructions, his word, Not the opinions of fallible uh, human beings or so-called experts, but the authoritative, trustworthy words of God himself. The maker's instructions, if you want to put it like that. The scriptures. And what the wise person does with it is a mark of just how precious this law of the Lord is. See with me what the psalmist says. He says, blessed is the man, verse 2, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. It is his delight. And on his law, on God's word, he meditates day and night. Whatever the circumstances, whatever the opportunity, he or she seeks to spend time soaking in God's word. Uh, striving to understand it, seeking to apply it to his or her life in every possible way. I don't know whether it's true or not, but I I heard somewhere that the Bible word for meditating has a similar idea to a cow chewing the cud. You know how cows will kind of uh, chew over uh, the cud for for, for hours on end and seeking to kind of uh, mush it down and then digest it. I think that's quite a powerful image, isn't it? If that's true. Uh, That's the approach we should take to the Scriptures. Meditating on it, chewing it over, uh, thinking about it, pondering it, uh, working it in to our lives and to our situations. And it's no wonder that the psalmist tells us that the person who does this is, first one, blessed. Or another way of uh, translating that word is to say happy. Uh, They are a happy person. 
And that's right, because when we fashion our lives on the truth of uh, God's word, uh, we will know the deepest joy and the deepest happiness that it is possible uh, to know. Because we'll be living in the way that we are made to live. Uh, God created us, the Bible tells us, for himself. He created us to to live in a relationship with him, to love him, uh, to serve him for all of our days. And his service is the best possible life we could live. And the way that we know how to serve him is through the pages of the scriptures where he has revealed himself. We shouldn't be surprised that when we live in accordance with the maker's instructions, that will be a happy life. And not just a happy, as in the sense of kind of a fleeting uh, pleasure, something that lasts for a day and then is gone the next day, uh, but a deep-seated joy and satisfaction Uh, that uh, we know the deepest joy, the deepest happiness possible, living in God's grace and his favour. That has been, I think, the experience of God's people in every generation. Uh, Every generation of God's people have known that that's the way life should be. Uh, When the Queen was uh, crowned in 1953, she was presented with a Bible And the words that she was presented it with were were this. It said, uh, the person who gave it to us said this, uh, we give you this book, the most valuable thing this world affords. It's a huge statement to make, isn't it, about a book. And yet generations of God's people throughout the years could say amen to that. Yes, it is. It is the most valuable thing that this world affords. No wonder uh, men and women have gone to their deaths to, in order for people to have the word of God in their own language. And the Queen's example surely speaks for itself, doesn't it? I'm sure that she has taken those words to heart. She has read from the scriptures. She's allowed the scriptures to, uh, to, to go into her heart and into her life. She's chewed upon it, meditated upon it. And that's been seen in the fruits of her uh, reign on the throne We might not be faced with the decisions that the Queen has to face uh, in her uh, duties. But still, every day, all of us will have choices to make, won't we? Uh, All of us will have outcomes to ponder on and to judge. And I want to ask you, uh, what is guiding you as you make those choices every day? Is it the opinion of the world uh, around us? Uh, Maybe it's your friend's. Uh, Maybe it's uh, celebrities. Uh, Maybe it's the media. Lots of different sources of guidance. Uh, Some of their words may be good words, and we can be discerning in that. But a lot of it, to be honest, really isn't good advice. Because it comes from a world that really doesn't care for God, and doesn't care for what he has to say. Or is it God's word? Our maker's instructions. Is it God's word, the most valuable thing that this world uh, can offer us? the one trustworthy source of reliable guidance that we can trust. It's the path to happiness and freedom. Uh, I want to challenge all of us uh, this evening. Uh, Decide today who will guide you in your life and make it the scriptures, uh, not the ways of the world. Decide to put this book, the Bible, as the source of your life Uh, Build your life upon it. Put it at the centre of all that you do. Uh, Set aside time to meditate on it, to chew it over. Not just a couple of hasty minutes in the morning, but some real time to to think it over 
Uh, maybe you need know that you need to just get a, a Bible for starts if it's not been part of your life. Go and get a Bible and start reading it. Start with one of the Gospels and keep going. Get some Bible reading notes. We've got Bible reading notes available at the back for people to, uh, to take and purchase. You can, we can help you with that. Uh, whatever it is, setting time aside, it will not be wasted time. Uh, because the person uh, who, who delights in the law of the Lord uh, will be a happy, blessed person. That's the first question, I think. Who is our guide? The second question that I think this passage throws up for us is this. How am I growing? How am I growing? Uh, a few years ago, there was a, a programme, wasn't there, on television called uh, You Are What You Eat. Uh, I can't confess that I ever watched it. The fact that it was on Channel 4 at uh, some strange time of the night was probably a, 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 a good reason to avoid it, I think. Uh, but there's definitely truth in the title, isn't there? Because we get out what we put in so often in life. Um, we know that in uh, the realm of diets, don't we? If we eat junk food, then we can expect that our physical condition will suffer far more than if we eat healthy food. And it's just like that spiritually as well. And I think the psalmist, has, uh, he, he's discussed for us what our spiritual diet should be, if you like. He says that we should be feeding on the scriptures day and night. And if that's so, he goes on now, I think, to talk about its effects. And he asks us, how are we growing? How are we growing? Uh, you'll notice in uh, verse, uh, verse 3, uh, he kind of uh, reverses the, uh, the, the order that he's looked at in the first um, stanza. So he looks at the wise person first. That is, the, how the person who has founded a life on God's word is growing themselves. And he says that they are growing and flourishing in several uh, ways. Uh, firstly, he says that the person who has found their life on God's word is growing because they are producing fruit. Uh, verse 3, he says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. A really powerful image, and it would have been particularly true for those original readers. Uh, they lived in a, in a dry, dusty land, uh, and vegetation wouldn't have survived very easily. It needed a source of water. A powerful image to say that somebody whose life is based on the word of God is a well-watered tree, like a well-watered tree in a dry land, and a tree that critically can always be relied on to produce fruit. And we shouldn't be surprised, should we? Because when we drink from the living water of God's words, uh, we can be sure that we too will produce the fruits of God's spirits in our lives. Uh, we will grow in our love for God and for each other. Uh, we'll be more joyful. Uh, we'll grow in our love of peace, uh, not of anger. Uh, we'll grow in self-control. Uh, and all those things are the fruits of spending time with God in his word and allowing it to change uh, our hearts and our lives. But he goes on. Uh, he says that not only uh, is the wise person uh, somebody who's producing fruit, but he says that he's somebody who perseveres. Uh, verse 3 again. He says he's like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf... Uh, does not wither. 
Uh, when uh, my wife and I first moved to Norwich, uh, we tried growing some tomatoes in our garden. We've had a, we got a grow bag from uh, Not Cuts and we uh, planted some tomatoes in it and we tried to grow them. Uh, we got a couple, but I have to say, after a few months, uh, the frost came, the w- uh, weather changed, and the plant just withered and died, and that is the end of it. And I think that sometimes we can fear as Christians that what was true for my sad tomato plant can be true for our spiritual lives. Uh, Sometimes we can have that fear that spiritually we won't last the course. Uh, We might do the same. We might wither or shrivel up uh, when winter comes, when things get tough, when things get hard. But the psalmist says that the guarantee of not withering uh, is to drink in the words of the scriptures. Because there we will not wither. If we stay close to Jesus, if we abide in him, in his words, then we will have the strength to keep going all the way to the end, no matter what happens. Whatever we face in life, we'll be able to keep uh, going. We will not wither. But above all those things, the psalmist says that the wise person will prosper, verse 3 at the end. Whatever he does, he prospers. Now, he doesn't mean when he says that, that we will be successful in everything that we turn our hand to. He doesn't mean that we will suddenly uh, become rich if we become a Christian. He doesn't mean that we'll never know trouble. We know that's not true. The Bible tells us that we will, and our own experience uh, bears that out. But he does mean that if we build our lives on the solid foundations of the Word of God, then we can be sure that we will make a success of our lives in the ways that really, really matter. To use the words of Jesus, we will be storing up treasures in heaven, uh, treasures that do not rust or fade or spoil, treasures that last, treasures that are sure and certain. Uh, That, my friends, is a happy life, says the psalmist, a blessed life. What a contrast it is when he turns uh, to the the growth of the wicked person, and we can see that in verse 4. What does he say? Uh, All those things, not so the wicked, for they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Uh, What a contrast that is to the picture of the wise person who's built their life on God's word. Uh, The wise person is a solid rooted tree, firm and stable and secure and uh, producing fruit. But the wicked person is like chaff, blown away by the wind. Uh, chaff, in case you don't know, is, is the kind of the worthless husks and the straw that's left uh, when farmers thresh corn. It's kind of the waste product uh, that's left behind. It doesn't really have any value. Uh, it doesn't produce any fruit. And it's lighter than the corn. So um, when the wind blows, it just gets blown uh, completely away. In other words, the psalmist is saying that the wicked person will not grow at all. Uh, The wise person will grow because they have been spending time in God's word. But the wicked person will not grow at all. Whoever we are, I think we want to make the most of the lives that we've been given. Uh, We don't want our lives to have been in vain. And yet it seems to me that for so many people, even people who outwardly would seem to be successful, there is a sneaking suspicion that their life has been in vain, and it hasn't been all it could be. Uh, Bertrand Russell, who was one of the greatest intellects of the 20th century, in a, in a very candid moment, once admitted that so often his life felt like one long second best. What a terrible thing to say about a person's life. 
How can we be sure that our lives uh, will count? How can we be sure that we really will prosper? Well, the psalmist tells us that we can be sure if we root ourselves in God's word and we drink from his living word day by day. We will never grow dry. We will never uh, wither up. We will never blow away, no matter what the storms of life we might face. We will grow more and more like the Lord Jesus. Uh, There's a wonderful phrase that the uh, Anglican Book of Common Prayer uses when it's uh, uh, in the service for ordaining uh, vicars. Uh, It encourages vicars to, uh, to, by daily reading and weighing of the scriptures, they may wax riper and stronger. That's some wonderful old English for us, isn't it? But it's the truth that when we daily read and weigh the scriptures, we will grow more like the Lord Jesus. We will wax riper and stronger, if you want to use that old-fashioned picture language. And that's my prayer for all of us at Holy Trinity. Yes, as individuals, but also as a church, that we may grow stronger and more mature as we spend time on God's word. How are we growing? Lastly, I want to consider this question. Where am I going? Where am I going? Uh, Those of you who know me will know that I'm not really a film buff, but one of the few films that I have watched, I think, all the way to the end, is the film Gladiator. It's a bit of an old one now, but a bit of a classic. Rob's Rob's, uh, nodding on the uh, the back row. And there's one point in uh, in the film where the main character, who's played by Russell Crowe, utters these stirring words. What we do in life echoes in eternity. What we do in life echoes in eternity. I think a psalmist would agree with those words, actually. Because as he finishes his reflections and he starts to draw all these uh, strands together, he reminds us that that is true. Our attitude to God and his word will actually in turn be echoed in our experience in eternity. How we live... How you respond to God's word really matters. And again, he makes a comparison for us. So he compares the destination of the wicked person with the destination of the wise person. And I think in doing so, this is where I get this question. He asks us, where are we going? What's our destination uh, this evening? Uh, so we've just seen him, haven't we, describing the wicked in this life as being like chaff. They, they blow away with the wind, they've got no root. They've got no foundation, they don't grow uh, fruit. And that's in comparison to the solid, uh, prosperous, wise person. And that comparison, the psalmist says, uh, continues all the way into eternity. Because he says, doesn't he, whereas the wise will continue to prosper, at verse 6, the wicked will perish. At one day, he says that the contrast between those two people will be all too clear may not be very clear at the moment. We may look at people and wonder. They might seem very successful to us, and others may not seem so. But one day, he says, it will be very clear uh, who is the successful person, who is the wise person, and who is not. Because he tells us in verse 5, there will be a judgment. Uh, There will be a time when the Lord will bring to light all the secrets of our hearts, and he will reveal the true state of where we stand. Uh, Those who have loved him... Those who've listened to his words will be welcomed into his presence uh, with joy, uh, to enjoy him forever. And yet those who have not, the psalmist tells us here, verse 5, they will not be able to stand 
in the judgment. In that day of judgment, they will not have a leg uh, to stand on, if we want to kind of use that kind of word. Uh, They uh, will be before a holy God. Uh, The judgment will be that they have rejected him and they have no right uh, to his presence. Uh, They cannot be part of the assembly of the righteous, we're told, that great gathering of all those faithful people, the faithful disciples who have loved the Lord and listened to his words and done uh, what they said. They will be cast out of his presence forever, never to be allowed uh, back. If you've been watching the news uh, recently, uh, I'm sure you'll have been uh, shocked like I was to, uh, to, to, to see uh, the news of, of tragic deaths of individuals who were caught in riptides off our coastland. It seems to happen so often, doesn't it? Uh, and every summer, there's always a death that comes uh, through people not taking the sea uh, seriously. Uh, all deaths are tragic, but it's especially so when they could be so easily uh, prevented. And it's no surprise, therefore, that I was watching the news the other night and there was a, uh, someone from the rescue services who was really imploring at people uh, to, be, uh, to listen to them and to take uh, those warnings to heart, not to, uh, to mess around uh, with the sea. Because they're acting for our good. They're not trying to be killjoys by telling people not to jump off a pier or to go swimming when the red flags are up. They're doing it for our good. And in a sense, this is what the psalmist is doing for us this evening. It's never easy, is it, to hear these words, these stark truths. I think none of us would, we'd rather not be told, for example, that there really is a heaven to gain, a hell to avoid. We don't want to be told these truths, uh, that what we do in life echoes in eternity. The psalmist is very clear to us, and I think he calls us to listen to what he has to say. How we respond to God's revelation of himself in his word really does matter. It might not seem like it now, but one day it will. Uh, One day we will find ourselves before the Lord and we will be asked to give an account of how we have lived and how we have responded uh, to his word. How how we respond really matters. Uh, Nothing less than eternity hangs on the response that we give. We might say, well, I'm aware of what God's word says and what it tells me is that I fall short in so many different ways. And if that's your response, then you're right. Because we do. We all do. By right, we have no uh, right to be part of the assembly assembly of the righteous. None of us should be able to stand in the judgment. And yet the good news that the Bible testifies to the whole way through from start to finish is that because one person, one man in particular, delighted perfectly in the law of the Lord and perfectly fulfilled it in his life and his death on the cross where he bore our uh, failure to keep it. That means that all of us who turn to trust in him, who uh, come to love him and believe on him, uh, can stand in that gathering of God's faithful people, the assembly of the righteous, uh, on the day of judgment. That is what delighting in the word of God ultimately should lead us to. It should be to trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ and his saving death and seeking to enthrone him in our hearts as our Lord and our Saviour. Friends, what what answer would you give to the question that psalmist poses? Where ultimately are you going this evening? Where ultimately are you going? Is it to an eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ in the assembly of his faithful righteous people? Or is it somewhere else?
Let's respond to the call of the Scriptures, an urgent call, an urgent warning, to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, to enthrone him in our hearts, and to be part of his people forever. If that's news to you, if you're still exploring this, let me encourage you. Come and speak to me after the service. I'd love to talk more about that with you. We're going to be running a course in September uh, called Christianity Explored, which is just another example to, over a couple of weeks to uh, start to explore what this might mean. But don't put it off, because eternity depends on that answer. Uh, one life we get, will we make the most of it? Blessed is the man, the psalmist says, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we do pray that we are those uh, who live a life that is worthy of the one who made us. We want to be those who make the most of the life that you've given us. Uh, We want uh, to be those who listen to your voice and listen to your guidance. Uh, We want to be those who are growing more like the Lord Jesus Christ in every possible way, who are bearing fruit. We want to be those uh, who do not wither. And we want to be those who are with you in eternity, in the assembly of the righteous. Uh, Please help us now by your spirit. Speak to us, we pray, and we pray that we would respond to what you have to say to us. Uh, Help us to, to know that we're part of your people, to listen to your word and to build our lives upon it. For Jesus' sake, amen. We're going to continue in prayer as Martin leads us.